Welcome back to River Heights Radio. I'm your host, Carl Hauser. And I'm Hope Busby. Go Wildcats! We're checking in once again with our own local famous detective, Nancy Drew, in her third mystery, The Bungalow Mystery, aptly named. Right off the bat, it mentions, and it did this last book too, it says, oh, Nancy worked a lot of cases, for instance, and then it gives the two cases we know about. And it suggests that she might have helped her father on other cases. Other things. Those still wouldn't be her case. That's what I'm curious about. If she had any cases other than the secret of the old clock, and the hidden staircase, any case would trump the secret of the old clock. The knowledge she gained from the secret of the old clock comes back when she figures out those suitcases have a false bottom. The people who make up Carolyn Keene were just like, we could probably do that better, right? Do we have to move on? Can we just do that better? <laughs> Our last Nancy Drew was a Scooby-Doo. This one was Count Olaf. Spoilers here, guys. It's an <laughs> acting troupe who takes orphan children for their money. We have Mr. and Mrs. Dowd. They pose as Mr. and Mrs. Aborn. Mr. and Mrs. Dowd. That's Smoggy? Stumpy. Stumpy. <laughs> yeah, Stumpy Dowd. Who was it last time? Glumpy? Gomber. Don't commit a mystery around Nancy Drew because you're going to get a shitty name. Her way of detecting is by figuring out who doesn't look good or who has bad manners. Nancy Drew's technique of meeting people and saying, are they tacky. And making friends with the people who aren't. Laura Pendleton. Lovely girl. She's an heiress, of course. Whose father died. Yeah. Now, what, what did you say? You said something wonderful to me. Maybe she isn't brave. Maybe she just needs therapy. Because this poor girl, she's 16 and her dad died at sea. She literally, when it storms, walks along the beach. Listening for people to save? And that's how she comes upon Nancy and Helen and saves them from almost certain death. Because she heard them calling for help from the middle of a lake. That is as bad as the ocean. The book tries to kill Nancy right off the bat. Oh, this is a very dangerous book. It opens straight off the bat. Right with away. With Nancy on a boat. It's mm. a lovely day. Uh-oh. Psych, it's not. Nope. There's and a storm. It's a cloudburst. There's a log. They run into the log. These right. things happen at Sea Lake. In my head, it's cartoon log. Like you might see Crash Bandicoot run upon. That doesn't exist. And one of Helen's main functions in this book is to warn Nancy. So she does warn her about the log. There's nothing to be done. They're on this motorboat with no life preservers. Red motorboat. Luckily with two ponchos. <laughs> Which is great for swimming in, I guess. The book literally says, luckily. <laughs> luckily, there are two ponchos. Otherwise, we'd get wet. So they're on this red motorboat that can't fight the storm well enough to get to shore. Mm. It can't even make headway. Thank God, says Nancy to herself. We have half a tank of gas. The first clue that something bad was coming. We got half a tank of gas. We're fine. <laughs> and then they hit a log. Somehow, in the capsizing, Helen hits both of her arms. Both her on arms. On the motorboat. Um, and they become numb so nancy must swim them both to shore tell me hope yes <laughs> what would someone use to swim herself and her friend back to shore <laughs> strong <laughs> yes. crawl strokes this book <laughs> is constantly dropping the kind of things that you might learn at a girls camp to say don't worry they are useful a warning be careful if you 
do find yourself in this situation, you'll want your strong crawl strokes. Just be like Nancy. It's not working. She she's crawling against a storm, and surprise, she's not doing a lot better than the motorboat. And who should show up but Eris, Laura Pendleton, Pendleton in a rowboat, which I assume she found because she <laughs> was it's just. Not it's not hers. She's staying at a hotel. I wanted to say Helen also comes in to give us some helpful insight such as some people don't deserve a helping hand if they're too rude right if they're too rude helen's partially put into the books to contrast with nancy helen is also getting married which would be what you should do at that age right jim archer makes a makes an appearance in this book again Mm. by being mentioned what is jim archer doing he's overseas making investments uh he's working for the oil business Screw Jim Archer. This is Screw what oil. Well, this whole book is about protecting a bank. What's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. At one point, Nancy says, if he, the evil Count Olafian guardian, finds out Laura's at my house, he'll take her. I suppose that's his legal right, she says. It's so funny for me that as Nancy's worrying that this guardian might take Laura away from her home, she goes, well, I suppose it would be his legal right to do that. They do end up keeping her as a fugitive. Right. So I that's mean, also okay. The Nancy Nancy Drew moral fabric is not utilitarian, it's not what's best for everyone, and it's also not what's in the spirit of the law. It's literally what are you allowed to do and what aren't you allowed to do. Jennifer Shaw has a bit about this in my favorite little article. She says, Nancy is very aware that what she is doing is wrong and could have dire consequences. But basically, she doesn't care. Whatever will solve the case. Before Nancy snuck into the Pendleton's home, she got permission. In the 1930s, she wouldn't have. Nancy Drew just did what she wanted. When we edited that, everything was either erased or made technically legal. Nancy Drew, busybody. Because that's feminine. And just Jennifer Shaw talks about this too. The idea that Nancy Drew solves cases as a woman. She goes off of hunches. She goes off of rumors. She goes off of intuition. In my personal canon, every Nancy Drew book is the rare time that there was anything to find out. And the rest of the time, Nancy just has snuck into a lot of houses and gone through a lot of dumpsters. Yeah. And not really learned anything. Snooped a lot, yeah. Yeah, every once in a while it turns out to be a thing and everyone's like, oh, Nancy, you figured it out. And she's like, yeah, I got something on you too. I got dirt on everyone in this town. In the 1930s, she even talks to her dad about her femininity. She's like, you wouldn't want me to be quote unquote sedate and prim, would you, dad? And he's like, oh, I'm afraid I wouldn't. There is a sense in that she's allowed to be more masculine. Once again, this is because her father is rich and... Somewhat famous. Apparently, according to Jennifer Shaw, in six of the seven original seven novels, she gets out of trouble with the police by just dropping her father's name. They're just like, oh, okay, then you probably didn't do anything wrong. In the 1930s, her judgments on people were basically judgments on their class. That's only slightly changed in the 1950s. Now the judgments are based on their manners. Okay, what the heck is a tea dance? Tea dances started in the 1880s Uh and would have occurred from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. A more casual dance. Because it was in the afternoon, you didn't have to pay for supper or candlelight. You just brought everybody in. The buffet would be 
set up on one end of the room with tea, sandwiches, and fruit. Instead of waxing your ballroom floor, you just put a cloth down. You put a cloth down? Yeah, a dancing cloth. Sometimes you would have a garden party beforehand. And eventually, by the late 20th century, it would have just been any casual afternoon dancing. So having a tea dance in fiction became kind of a shorthand for these are classy people. It's especially in coastal resort towns that these dances would occur. To sum it up, Nancy was excited for the cheap dance. When was the tea dance? How did that happen? It was at the hotel. It was when they were all hanging out, playing tennis and whatnot. That was very fashionable. As she goes through these initial suspects. Because her dad makes her a spy. Here's something to keep you busy. Go into it at some people. It might be dangerous, though. Embezzlers (laughs) are sometimes dangerous. But I know you'll be careful. Mr. Drew's talking to her, and he's like, Yeah, I've got to go to our state's capital today. Yeah, our state. Yes. Which is funny. This state that we live in. We know what it is. Yes. But the reader might not. Oh, no. They probably know. It's kind of clear. In any state, USA. The second person she goes to, this rich woman with the poodles. I'm The moment that someone goes, oh, you're going to wherever? That's a classy neighborhood. I go, it's not her then. The first person, too, they say something like that. The fourth person is friends with the bank manager. So he could, well, he has he's, a, he's, he's, he's throwing a barbecue. And least. he's throwing a barbecue. This third person, <laughs> he lives in a duplex. Doesn't seem like a high-rise apartment. And he's an actor. I didn't even know we had high-rise apartments in this town. I gotta get out more. Oh yeah, River Heights is really coming up there. This is why Nancy's not my friend. That and we live in this school gymnasium. <laughs> and she never comes to school anymore. <laughs> no, she, she's to, too busy. Except to snoop, yeah. Well, also, she was 18. Might have she graduated. is 18 in this, yeah. Right off the bat, the first woman, mm-hmm. it's very much about the fact that she's old and so nice. Oh, very and nice. And she's not that wealthy. She's on a fixed income. Nancy's supposed to be going around for her father, judging people's character which is really what Nancy does best that woman is delightful no one can pretend things it's great on her way to this second suspect I'm already looking for this are they rude or are they not a criminal and that's why I think classy right away I said I know what they're not going to do is make it another very nice person and they didn't no. the second woman was not mean but she wasn't nice mm. she just wasn't as Nancy put it the type. We feel sorry for her husband. That's not an embezzler. She's too busy nagging a bit. That woman's a bag of hot air, so she's fine. Even so, the second you said classy, I'm like, well, they're not going to say that about anyone who's who's a suspect. And then, yeah, the two actors. It would have been just Mr. Dowd. Just one suspect in the 1930s. Tell the me wife more. was just added into the 1950s. For one, to make as a chaperone, so Laura was never alone with a strange man. For another thing, to kind of create more legitimacy to the guy also just to add in women so you're telling me that the entire delightful scene of mrs dowd showing up in broken heels mud covered rained upon being god forbid rude about it that wasn't in the original I don't know if the scene would have been in there with Mr. Dowd. Oh, I, I would. I love imagining Mr. Dowd in Broken Heel. I know that Mrs. Dowd wasn't in the original. That's so interesting. And she is such a big part of this one. She's definitely more the rude one that makes them go, oh, bad manners. But in the original, all of Mr. Dowd's character flaws were basically that he was poor. So he brings Laura home, and within an hour, he was asking her to help with chores. And there's not Nine whole rooms in this house. And would you believe it, Carl? He doesn't have any servants. No servants. Are you serious with this? Yes. And Nancy's like, you poor thing, you're not strong enough to do housework. 
to this person who rescued her in a rowboat in the middle of a vicious storm. You're not strong enough for him to have you do any housework. Nancy herself originally wouldn't have done housework. She told other people what to do. But then when they update it, you see her doing some housework. These are also changing ideals about women and about housework. Wait, the book I read sucks. I want to read that. That's hilarious. It's locked her in her room in mine. Yeah. They weren't coded as unwealthy in mine either. It was ambiguous. Nancy kept being like, I don't know. There's just something wrong with those guys. Yeah. They don't need money. Why are they doing this? In the original, was Mr. Dowd an imposter? Yeah, he was an actor. So is her real guardian also poor? Because that's a frying pan I, fire type of situation I, right I there. I do feel like he brought her to the bungalow. That's where he brought her that was the nine rooms that she had to help clean. Despite this being referred to as the bungalow mystery, it plays a small part. Yes, a in very small part. Anything that happens. It is Nancy's first break-in of the book. Any port in a storm is is said later. Help yourself to the hot cocoa while you're there. She left a note. She did, and she did go back to thank them. That was an afterthought. She was like, oh, I'm in the neighborhood. Should I thank them? It's very likely it didn't happen in the original. She didn't really give a care. In the 1930s, she's like, yeah, this is my bungalow. I'm rich. Eminent domain. So, as she goes back to her very posh hotel with the insured rowboats, they're like, oh, don't worry. The insured motorboats. Our parents will pay. They're like, yeah, we can pay for that like no problem and then they have the audacity to call laura rich they're like oh she's wealthy she's got those simple but simple, simple but nice, nice clothing clothes. yeah you know what i mean you know what i mean well they deduce that laura pendleton is rich and it's like yes of course she's rich you know she's rich from the beginning because you know her well, she's also staying in a resort town at a hotel. Like, you know that right away. If they didn't want her to be obviously rich, she would have just lived in one of the lake houses. And been suspicious. She doesn't have to meet the third suspect because, luckily, a boy pulls up and invites her on a date. Don Cameron. This is another way we're always reminded that Nancy is super feminine. Some people have said, oh, well, she broke stereotypes because she could go wherever she wanted. She had freedom. She had money. She could solve these cases. But we are constantly reminded of houses and clothes and food and boys who are interested in her all the time. There's this need to tell us Nancy Drew is independent, but she doesn't have to be. It's yeah. of her own choice. Yeah, she's attractive. She's not one of those ugly girls who can't get a boy. Before she went to this formal dinner slash dance at the hotel, it mentions she brushed her hair until it snapped until with electricity. It snapped with electricity. What does that mean? If you brush your hair enough it gets static but i don't know why you would want to purposely do that or maybe that was just a sign you needed to stop but i couldn't find anything about it one funny thing i stumbled upon in my adventure of trying <laughs> to figure out this was a, a video this video recommends you frequently wash your hair and by frequently they specify they mean once every two weeks that seems like a lot. With mild soap and water. Then you rinse it out with water and lemon juice. Then you just rinse it with fresh water until your hair squeaks. 
then you can put your bobby pins or curlers in your down pair is more elastic and then finally you carefully brush to spread the oils i'm feeling really judged right now i see the hints you're dropping at me i don't have electric hair your hair is neither squeaky or electric <laughs> my voice is squeaky and my personality is electric hope i'm a lot more worried about your manners <laughs> i have the manners of a crinkle-eared stump and i'm none the better for it that's why i'm in the lower class she's at a hotel by herself no time for romance for this detective but, yeah she has dinner by herself and people give her looks and the other people at the other tables are watching her because she is most becoming because she is blushing a little bit she's excited about the upcoming adventure danger junkie does not even begin like you said that last episode okay. and that is exactly what she is her so flushed at dinner from the upcoming danger of sneaking into someone's house at night that people can smell the pheromones coming off of her. <laughs> like, Nancy Drew I love also wants she, danger. She's also like, romance and detective work don't mix tonight. Tonight. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, Nancy. You know, she'll bet him and forget him, but not tonight. Not tonight. Tonight, she's got other <laughs> excitements on her mind. She recovers from the storm, obviously, the first mm -hmm. storm. She's driving to thank the bungalow mm -hmm. and almost gets hit by another car, which we later find out was Mr. Dowd. It was a black foreign, foreign car. car. Does he drive a foreign car? No, he doesn't drive a foreign car. I remember because he doesn't have a black foreign car. <laughs> At one point, just offhandedly says, Nancy Drew checked the parking lot for his black foreign car. Helen's the one who makes the observation of who the other driver is. Warns Nancy that the other of car is Of what his coming. sleeve looks like? And then she's like, oh, tee-hee, Nancy She attributes Drew, it to her. You must be rubbing off on me. Helen is supposed to contrast with Nancy and be what femininity is. She can learn from Nancy, but she's never going to be Nancy. So we have that danger. Then she's driving back home because poor Hannah sprained her ankle. Can I mention something that you reminded me of when she was staying at the hotel flushed with danger excitement? Mm -hmm. When she's swimming, I'll read you a passage. After eating, Nancy put on her bathing suit and wandered down to the beach. A boy in attendance gave her a towel and Nancy stretched out on the stand. Unaware of the steadfast glance of a couple hidden behind a large green and white striped umbrella not far away. They nodded to each other. Then, when Nancy was not looking, they quickly left the beach. Guess we're safe, the woman muttered. She's here to stay and have a good time. Yeah, oh my gosh. They Maybe. never say again who that is. I mean, I think I it's guess assumed... we assume that it's the Dowds, mm -hmm. but it just doesn't say. Maybe we find out in the next book. I, I have to wonder. At any rate, it doesn't make any sense. What were they doing? Just sitting at that hotel waiting beach for resort? her to come out to go sit on the sand. And then once she sat on the sand, they're like, oh, that was enough spying for us. See, I thought it was happenstantial. I thought they were at the beach themselves. and But I guess that doesn't make sense. That doesn't because then they leave. They only leave when they're like, oh, I guess she's safe. And it doesn't make sense that they would be staying at the resort. It is so unclear. It's, it's, it's and, a very weird, thrown in, disjointed scene. And it's terrifying to me mm. because, I mean, the amount of things in Nancy's life that are scary are innumerable. But it's terrifying to me just this offhanded paragraph about the fact that Nancy's being watched at all times. 
And I think we are meant to be a little bit worried about Nancy, a single lady, staying in a hotel by herself. She doesn't get to. She gets far too kidnapped. Oh, because she's doing something much more dangerous than staying at a hotel by herself. I mean, even, so even the initial danger, this motorboat we can't get over. As I was reading that, you heard me just going, what the hell? Literal trauma. Well, all of this is. So now she's driving home to yeah. Hannah. And what happens again? Lightning. Another storm. Nearly strikes her car car but instead strikes a tree down in front of her but it doesn't just fall over she almost gets hit by lightning this book hates this girl yeah and then she can't pass the road yeah. until people come and help her she goes home she tells hannah what she's been through this is what hannah says nancy you're like a cat with nine lives oh i love the way that. you so often just miss being injured nancy laughed they're acknowledging this was yeah, a lot we'll of see how weird she's, stuff. Well, she's, in her we'll see room. how she's doing by book nine. By the end of the book, she's knocked unconscious again. She never has any ill effects. She's not like the other girls who get knocked unconscious and it's a slow waking up and everybody's taking care of them. And number six, she never had a concussion. Oh, I'm back. My mind, my brain is clear. Now I'm on, on the go again as soon as I come back to consciousness. Once again, you see her being left for dead. Apparently, in the original 1930s version this was the only time murder was ex explicitly talked about you ready for this mm -hmm. this wasn't in our version but I, okay i found excited. this little tidbit when mr dowd ties them up and leaves them <laughs> murder who said anything about murder what a harsh word i'll just leave you and your friend here and go away if anything happens dowd shrugged his shoulders indifferently. I love, and that follows so perfectly, <laughs> the entire just kind of overlying feeling of there are rules, but sometimes all you gotta do is ask permission from the right person. Or, I'm not gonna kill you, I'm just gonna put my knife where your guts are. Yes. <laughs> and should their interaction be unpleasant, <laughs> that's not on me. Mr. Dowd's the first criminal that you see that is truly probably smarter than Nancy. This was a pretty airtight thing and if she hadn't just decided to climb in windows she didn't belong mm -hmm. in, traditional sleuthing methods would not have nabbed him. Even with her sleuthing methods. She almost died. Quick thinking, she kept her wrists together the right way so he couldn't tie them up tight enough. Someone had taught her that recently. I love also, how did he discover her? Dowd discovers Nancy in the kidnap shack because having snuck out of the Pendleton home, she leaves the door ajar. Yes, yes, she just leaves their front door open. Mrs. Dowd feels the draft, finds the door ajar, and sees the girl running into the woods. So Nancy, detective, forgets to shut the door, takes so long to run into the woods that someone can come see her doing it, and at no point looks around to be like, am I being watched? She just apparently clomps off. Yeah, and then she has a sixth sense at one point that she is being watched. And she's like, oh, that's silly. That's silly. They're too busy shutting their door, I'm sure. Then she breaks into this shack by yeah. prying boards off the window. Mm -hmm. There's so many windows in these novels that Nancy just goes into. When she, God shuts the door. Yeah. As she's working on this, she's amused. Aha, Nancy, a housebreaker and spy. She calls herself a housebreaker and a spy. I think she says it out loud. She talks to herself a lot. Oh my God, she does. Yes. And it's best. <laughs> out loud it makes no it makes no small you like, know when it's not out loud and when it is right <laughs> that's the best part sometimes 
<laughs> it's like Nancy said loud, and you're like, what a weird thing to do by yourself. Other times, in conversation, it'll say Nancy said loud. I assumed. I assumed. <laughs> because it's a conversation. Sometimes they'll mix it up, and you'll find out she didn't say that aloud. So she breaks into this shack mm-hmm. very intentionally. She's very cautious. She's very afraid Mr. Aborn's twin is downstairs. Did you write down, by the way? <laughs> yeah. My favorite line. <laughs> if only I were my own twin. No, it's if only I were twins. If only I were twins, because then she could have moved that log off the road by herself. There's a billion the questions I have. Nancy is driving along, and the tree falls in front of her car, and she says, I can't move that by myself. If only I were twins. If a genie happened along right then, do you think she would have been like, yeah, make me twins? First of all, <laughs> the if only's here. <laughs> if only. The tree didn't fall. If only I had a forklift. But it, no, if only I were twins, which is, first of all, such a misunderstanding of what twins are. Because they're not one person, Nancy. No, but that's specifically what she you wants. You would only be one of them, Nancy. Yes, yes, yes. She doesn't Secondly, want a twin. She, she wants, wants to be, be both twins. of them. <laughs> Secondly, Nancy, why would your twin be with you? Because they're both hers. Because, yeah. She wants a clone, is what she really <laughs> wants. A clone that is with her at all times. It's all well and good until she's sneaking in a small window. If only I weren't twins. But, like, here's the thing. She's being careful. She's being careful. She's being careful. The minute she finds a lantern and lights that sucker, no more carefulness. No more, like, oh, maybe you'll, someone will see this light. She's just running up and down the stairs with her lantern. Kicking kerosene over. Getting cups of water. Poor Mr. Aborn. The real Mr. Aborn. This is where, for me, it was surprising. Because when she finds Mr. Aborn, twins comes up again. Yeah, she's like, is this Mr. Aborn's twin? The first thing I said when Laura was like, I don't like my guardians. Those aren't your guardians. It's just not. Yes, it's just clearly not Laura. That never occurs to Nancy. To the point where it has to be arduously explained. The dad's called her by the wrong name. Yeah. And it's just like, well, that's odd, huh? She only met her once. I think that's the thing about Nancy's intuition for me, is when it comes to some things, she'll be like, I don't trust you, you crooked-eared person. But then other things, she'll just be like, huh, what a strange world we live in. I'm gonna put that away under maybe a clue. And she will say things like that. She's like, I'm gonna remember that for later. Do you need to? How about you think about it now, Nancy? How similar is Mr. Aborn to her dad in the previous book? Right. He has been kept down in this basement with stone steps for two weeks. And he has had no water in the previous 24 hours. Eating when Stumpy Dowd remembers. remembers. That he might want more information from the guy. Such as his wall safe combination, which he waits until two weeks in to realize he might want. I mean... I feel like Mr. Dowd is like Gomber 2.0. Okay, now I'm good at disguises myself. I don't need to hire a guy to be a ghost and, and do disguises. Like, I'm good at disguises. I'm a mastermind who gets everybody together. And I'm willing to do the dirty work and knock people out and put them into basements. I would like to formally recant my love of Gomber. <laughs> I now stand Stumpy. Stumpy Dowd is my new... I hope that Stumpy Dowd is Nancy Drew's Moriarty. Scratches out Gomber of my little heart in my notebook. I gotta get a Stumpy. new... I gotta get a new tattoo. I hope that every enemy gets dumber named and more evil. And in my head, I hope I imagine them all to be the same person trying again. When she gets out, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that happens. It's complicated. But she gets reunited with her father eventually, who also gets knocked 
knocked out. This was pointed out in the Jennifer Shaw article. Nancy very rarely helps Max. Let's be honest. In the hierarchy, a man starved for two weeks is legally a baby. You've got men at the top, then women, then low-class people, and then babies. And a man who's starved is somewhere between a baby and a low-class person, so she yeah. can help them. As she's helping Mr. Aborn, it's like the book gets really serious about reminding us that she's a woman. He says to her, you're a very kind girl for helping me like this. And then the book describes her as the pretty detective which I don't remember seeing anywhere else. He does and specifically say that she's like, doesn't he compliment her looks? He's like, can I have water? Yeah, you're very pretty. Thanks. So they get reunited with her dad. Big time in it. They're going to catch the bad guy. High speed car chase. Yep, every time. And in this version, it's like a closed road with construction. And so they move the road closed signs aside because they've been on this road before. Yeah. And zoom through this on a high speed car chase. In the original car chase, wouldn't you know it, there was a shootout. There were guns in the See, 1930s. This seems like a better book than mine. Yeah, the 1930s were hardcore. Carson Drew's like, hey, you better, you better come back here, you bad guys. So he fires the gun as a warning shot. And wouldn't you know it, Stumpy shoots back. <laughs> and then they have a good old-fashioned shootout, drive very fast. In this version, and I assume in the 1930s version, it ends in a 101 Dalmatian-style ending for the villains. The car goes off of a cliff, rolls down, and our bad guys are done. That's a sick reference. So they go down to rescue them. They, they pull them away from the crash. And Nancy decides the only way to ever pay Laura Pendleton back for saving her life is to risk her life to rescue the suitcases where the money is from this car that is going to explode at any moment and does in fact explode the minute she gets these suitcases away. And Don Cameron looks at her admiringly and is like, you're the bravest woman I've ever known. Right, the guy with the sister. Yeah, the guy with the sister getting married. The one, we, we didn't really finish talking about that. The one who's stalking her on the street. So many boys. There's a lot of boys and a red-haired boy. Yeah, well, see, I don't know why, but in Nancy Drew's universe, I hear a red-headed boy approaching her and I know he's like a bus boy. I'm like, oh, get him out of here. He was looking at her with an invitation in his eyes to dance. Anyways, Don Cameron just wants to invite her to a barbecue for his sister's upcoming wedding, mm -hmm. NBD. Nancy's like, you know, I got sleuthing to do. Why don't you take Laura instead? We'll just switch dates. But then they end up having a date after all because Don Cameron ends up helping save the day. Laura's like, are you sure? Are you sure I can have your date? And Nancy's like, you can take nothing from me, you child. He switches out an 18 year old that he's had a previous date with. Yeah. For a 16 year old he's never met. A right. blind date. Yeah. Tom Cameron, very weird. It's almost like Nancy has to have two men, her potential boyfriend and her father there to help her to actually have this all go right. And there's the question. Mm -hmm. If there aren't men there, was it dangerous at all? Probably Like not. you got that first mm. you got that like, oh they could have drowned at sea but like, would they have, or would they have been fine, they're women. We'll never know. If it's in a book and women aren't in dire straits, probably a man's gonna show up and save them. It was actually kind of cool that it was Laura Pendleton. Little 16-year-old girl Laura Pendleton saves them from the lake. It's rare. The way to repay Laura is... To save her wealth. Is to save her wealth. 
Which is pretty much the same thing. Same thing. Live like an actor in a duplex. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm an actor. I cannot afford a duplex. This was a different time period. Oh, the 30s. Guns in every hand. God bless us. <laughs> After she saves this money and the bad guys are caught, the book does this thing, and every book's done this so far, where it seems like, why is it not over? And the answer is they have to tie up a number of strings that I didn't even know existed. It turns out that they were the robbers. They did it with help from the inside. So-and-so's sister. Yes, there were four of them. Four? Yep, there was an extra guy. He wasn't part of the book. Let's talk about him now. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> I don't care. Yes. <laughs> I don't because the mystery's done. It's done. They just need to say to Nancy, did you solve some stuff? Yes. But let's not pretend it was the bulk of what was happening. Yeah, no. We were doing a lot of work. Yeah. There were two employees you didn't know about. By the way, during the car chase, she's like, oh, they might be going here. There's a police station over here in this place. Nancy just knows where every friggin' station is. I'm starting to worry that danger is replacing all of our fashion and food. What's your favorite room of the book? Mr. Drew's study. What does that have? The yellow club chair and a glass paperweight. Ooh, now a club chair is going to be bread, lettuce, <laughs> cheese. What's a, what, did you look up what a club chair is? Oh, isn't it like this? For all our listeners. For all our listeners, gestured kind of in a boxy way. I hope made a square. <laughs> He also has leather chairs and a wide, highly polished mahogany desk. I would work in that study. There's honestly so much that happens in this book that just isn't worth mentioning. Like, we are highlighting the good parts. Her dad comes in through a window, and it wakes her up, and yeah. she calls the police, and it's just her dad. Oh, is that something that passes for foreshadowing in this book? It was a very odd thing they threw in there. No, well, I mean, there's so many things. The phone call was fun, because she gets this phone call where someone yelps and hangs up the phone, and it provides us with one cliffhanger. But did you notice they really milked it? Because the next chapter, it was also used as the cliffhanger, because she remembered it. Nancy, get Gasped. What's she gasping about? A thing she remembered. Hannah's recovery time. Boy. Pretty quick. That woman can get up and going. Work, well, ma work makes you free. She has a personality in this book. It's healing and serving. She feels better when she's busy is what oh, she Lord. says. Her personality is serving. What she loves doing is cooking, keeping her kitchen clean, and being busy. All that means is that at some point, Mr. Drew went into her room and was just like, I'm not giving you days off. She already used her days off. We found out in this book that his secretary is pretty good looking. We need something to make us know <laughs> that Mr. Drew and Hannah are not a thing. I have been watching Miss Maisel recently and the upper crust of yesteryear really wigs me out sometimes. They have, a, they have a Hannah and they all go on vacation for two months and I assume she's still paid but not to do anything. She just lives at their home. My point only being Hannah does everything but I also wonder how often Mr. Drew and Nancy are just not there. They're rarely it's home. Usually they're not there. And she just gets to like cook turkey dinners for herself and watch TV. She always TV. has something ready if Nancy does come home. Even if right. it's on a whim. It's oh I have a casserole in the fridge. How often do you think Hannah's like oh I have this ice cream for you. Looks really there's a cherry on it and everything. Looks really well made and I made it for you. I drew a bath, I guess, for you. What I learned is that when it comes to sleuthing, it takes two. <laughs> 
takes two. Besides not needing to deal with gender issues, this is where Frank and Joe Hardy had it right. They were two people. And we still haven't met. Helen is fine and all, but she's going to get married. We still haven't met Nancy's true partners. Once we've worked through all the loose ends we didn't know there were, once everybody's complimenting Nancy, once Nancy has received jewelry as her compensation for being a girl detective. And there's been a magazine article released of her story. She can't help but wonder, what's yeah. next? And it's less than a week away. This is a quick turnaround time. <laughs> she experiences the mystery at the Lilac Inn. Having seen a Scooby-Doo and a Count Olaf, I'm very excited for what we'll get next. Yes, me too. Thank you for listening to River Heights Radio. Uh, as always, I'm Carl. And I'm Hope. Go Wildcats! We might need to have a special episode about this video game sometime. I have a, we have a, there's a host of video games. We can, um, oh, I don't know, put them on our Patreon. Remember to support us at our Patreon. <laughs> you can email us at riverheightsradio at google.com or find our Patreon, River Heights Radio. We'd really appreciate it. Instagram at River Heights Radio, Twitter at River Heights FM, River Heights Radio on Facebook, and River Heights Radio on YouTube. Uh, and give us a review or five stars on apple podcast or spotify or stitcher or wherever you're listening yeah if you listen this far i mean why not we actually put a, a lot of hours 